Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. Hello, if you're wondering, this doesn't sound like Jamie Tates, who is this? Don't worry, you are still listening to the right podcast. Don't hit that pause button yet. I'm Chelsea Paulson. I am the COO at Keystone Group International, and we are taking this opportunity to flip the script, or maybe in this case, flip the mic a little bit and put Jamie in the hot seat. She's been on the other side of this mic for far too long. So I'm excited for this episode and to dig in and ask Jamie a bunch of questions that I don't know the answers to myself. And so I think this will be really fun to get a little deeper background into Jamie and some of her experiences. I know it's going to be full of, of wisdom and inspiration. And I, I hope so. <laughs> and I don't think I need to introduce you on your own podcast but I think it still would be fun, like you always ask guests, is to tell us a little story about how you got to being the owner, the chief visionary officer, book author, and how did you get to this point in your life? What are some of those high high moments for you? Yeah, so it's been a journey, uh, as all of us, right? I mean, the point of the podcast is to share leaders' journeys and talk about the jungle gym that is most of our lives and our careers, right? It's never a straight line even though we would like it to be most times. Um, you know, my career started in, in really large corporates, right? Globally and, and complicated mm-hmm. and political and, you know, all of those things that come with a large corporate environment. And again, not all large corporate environments are like that, but it, it's just a necessary, it's just part of the beast, mm-hmm. right? The way it is and the, the way those large organizations have to run. And um, I spent 13 years learning and growing and getting invested in at levels that I could have never imagined. And then just reached a point in my career where I was like, I don't know that I can add as much value here because I'm too curious and curiosity breeds um, trouble in large corporate environments oftentimes. You know, I joke about, I, I would change jobs, I'd get promoted, I'd get, you know, poached from one team to the next in a large organization every 18 months. And it was because I was bored, right? I would solve the problem, I would fix the issue, and then I'd be like, but what about this over here? And should we look at this? And there comes a point where they're like, just stay in your lane, right? Do what we need you to do, and we don't need you to be curious. And I started to realize I couldn't turn it off. And that was the point where I knew I needed to leave corporate, and I needed to figure out how to harness the curiosity to do good, right? To use it as a superpower to help other people, other businesses, whatever that is. And and curiosity just comes with asking different questions and being truly curious, mm-hmm. not because you have a different motive, not because, you know, there's something I'm trying to get from you. It's more of like, I'm just curious about humans and business and how do you make decisions? And, you know, being in boardrooms at a large business that I probably shouldn't even have been in, but I was in and just hearing how executives think really early on in your career and hearing those questions, I think just groomed me to be able to ask some of those questions. Mm-hmm. And it's part of why I do the podcast, right? It's part of the book was was a lot of these questions I ask myself and, and hoping that they help other people. Um, so the journey's been interesting and it's not been something, you know, I talk in the book about don't marry your plan is I'm a planner by like, like nature. I'm like the, our our trip to Hawaii in a month is like planned out to the day, almost to the detriment where I was like, I got to pull back on this because we're too (laughs) scheduled, right? It's a vacation. So I'm a planner, but at the same time, 
if 2020 has taught us nothing is you can't be married to a plan and then think you failed because the plan didn't happen as you thought it was going to. And so over the last three years, for sure, I've changed a lot in my journey of just like, let's listen to that, right? Mm -hmm. Why did that person come into our world, right? We talk about that all the time. There's a reason. Like, let's pay attention to it. And it might not be part of the plan, but I'm willing to look at it. And that's where you know, the chief vision officer and is because I always want to be in that space. I'm just like, this might be an idea or it might be totally stupid and we might not yeah. decide to do it. And that's fine either way. Um, and so that's kind of gotten me to where I'm at and, and helped me to, I think, leverage something that I have to help other people get clarity. Yeah. And why did you decide to write a book? Um, for impact. It's the same reason I decided to do the podcast, right? After months and months of other people telling me I needed to do a podcast um, because they'd have coffee with me and they're like, I get so much energy after talking to you. And I was like, I'm just sharing, you know, I'm just asking questions. I'm just, is there like, you really need to do a podcast. And that allowed me to kind of have a ripple effect, right? I don't even know most of the people that listen to the podcast, but I'm hoping it helps them. Mm -hmm. And the book is an extension of that. Right. It's it's yeah. a it's an another option, right, to impact people, to help them get unstuck, to help them feel normal mm-hmm. when stuff doesn't feel right and help them move forward. So for me it was a labor of love more than anything, because you don't write a book to make money. <laughs> and you if you want to lose a couple years of your life, that's what you write a book for, right? I mean it's yeah. it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but it's also a lot of impact on the other side. Yeah. Awesome. So we talk a lot about, you know, when you're living your life and when you're in your jobs and when you're a leader is reflecting back and and not spending too much time in the past, but reflecting back enough to understand what lessons were learned and what, you know, you learned from something that had happened. And so Mm -hmm. is there anything in the last few months that's been a surprise, anything that you've learned about yourself Mm -hmm. in the last few months? Yeah. Oh, to pick just one, but there was one (laughs) major one. I mean, this is, and, and hopefully this helps other people is, you know, I really held my crap together for for 2020 through COVID. You know, I was reflecting on this the other day on, I was super optimistic. I mean, I was still fearful and uncertain, but through it all, I, through the summer and through the fall, I was like, you guys, we're gonna be fine. Like, I mean, again, this sucks and there's so many things being taken away, but I was super optimistic. And I'm not a naturally optimistic person. <laughs> I really am not, I'm a realist is the way I like to look at it. And so I found myself in this, like, why am I so optimistic? Like, this is great, but like, holy (laughs) crap, I'm optimistic. And then I hit a wall at the beginning of November. The death in the family, um, just everything, kind of like the the dam broke for me. And I realized that I was, well, I always burn the candle at both ends, right? You're building a business. It's it's never, like, we want to do more. There's more we can be doing. There's more impact we can have. And I'm just never... The list is never done. Mm-hmm. The phone never goes away. I mean, it's just all night, all day, like wake up in the middle of the night and send myself an emails. And it was just a pace that I couldn't sustain anymore. Yeah. And what I started to realize is, again, I still feel like I'm running at a, at a faster pace. But when things, when I just took a breath and started to pull back from some things, and I started to notice that our business still could bear fruit, mm-hmm. even without me pushing as hard as I was pushing yeah. because it's been seven years of doing good and helping mm-hmm. and giving first and planting seeds and doing the right thing when people needed help from me or from, you know, yeah. and it didn't, it, I could slow down, mm-hmm. slow down, but my speed still is warp speed, but yeah. I could slow down and it doesn't all fall apart. 
yeah. right? It doesn't all go away. And so that's been something, and again, it's not, I'm not there yet, but it's been something I've really been sitting with over the last few months to say, right, I've got really competent people on the team that can carry some of the load, right? Right. I mean, that's really what it is. And I've got people in my family, a spouse, that can carry some of the load. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to, it don't have to be a superwoman all the time. It doesn't have to fall on you, every single thing within right. your life in all aspects And I of think it. a lot of leaders carry that. Yep. A home and work and, you know, they're trying to hold it all together for everybody around them mm-hmm. and not necessarily focusing on like, what do I need? Yeah. So what, when you're in situations like that or just any time over the last year, what are resources that you utilize to help you manage and get through and, and find that calm if it exists? Yeah, I, I go in. I go inside. I mean, I, you know, my family knows or it, it's exercise. My family knows. I mean, this time of year is horrible, but my family knows that there are days when I come home from the office I drop all my stuff and I'm like, I'm putting on clothes. I'm not like not even stopping, passing go, pet, you know, like no conversations. I'm not worrying about dinner. I'm putting on my running shoes and I'm not a great runner, but I like, there's a ball of something in my stomach and I've got, it's the only way. Yeah. Cause I'll sit there all night with it and all day the next day. And so I know kind of now what my triggers are and what yeah. those, those feelings in my body are starting to brew and so I'll either meditate, right, and breathing, mm-hmm. or I'll go for a run or do some exercise or read a book, like do something that just clears my brain a little bit because yeah. I can make myself sick yeah. with just so much stress building. And if I don't kind of let the pressure valve out. Yeah. Um, so I think it's different for everybody, right. but you've got to find what that is. Right. And I and it's noticing that that, you know, whatever that feeling is for you, if it's that ball in your stomach, if it's like the tingly feeling, if it's the whatever it is, the brain fog, it's recognizing that that's there. That's right. the step one. Because if you just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, you'll have that breakdown. Like you were talking about, you know, right. just things, the dam's kind of broke in the beginning of mm-hmm. November for you. Yeah. So you'll get to that point if you're not paying attention to it and right. realizing that it's there. Your body will send you signals long before it's ready to shut down. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. So what is a, a myth that people might think about you or misconception that people might have about you? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, well, there's two. There's one more personally, and then there's a business one. Um, personally is I think people look at me and look at my social presence and my brand and the great stuff we're doing and, you know, um, maybe some of the publicity or, you know, some of that that we're getting, and, and they think that that it must, right, that just, like, showed up for yeah. us. And what people don't know is, you know, that I started my business and six months later was in the middle of a divorce Mm -hmm. on my own paying for everything where I used to have you know this a little bit of a safety net and it's blood literally blood sweat and a lot of tears and wine and protein bars is pretty much (laughs) how I built the business but you know it didn't come easy we're now reaping the rewards of things I've done for five years Mm -hmm. that might turn into one client yeah and so there's so much that's been put into this, and it's so valuable now to see the rewards of some of it. And, you know, we just had this call yesterday with our PR agency, and um, I told them, like, the PR that we're looking for is not about, like, look at me, look at me. It's about, you guys need to know what the good stuff we're doing here, and that's the only way to do it, yeah. right, is for us to be out there talking about it because we've been quiet for too long. And so I think I've learned that, right, I, I kind of can't care about the people-pleasing part of me anymore, and I have to care about what's important to me. Yeah. 
And then on the business side, you know, I think there's a lot of people that look at a service-based business and think, well, that's not that hard. Yeah. We don't make a widget. We don't have a bunch of capital investment. We don't have a big facility. I, I agree with you. There's totally different risk. There's different stressors in a product-based business. But a service-based business, I think, is harder to grow because you don't have a widget that someone tangibly can feel. Yeah. Right? It's it's a it's an impact that you want to have. It's you're selling a destination mm-hmm. that they don't even know what that destination is, right? They've never mm-hmm. been there before. So you're trying to convince them to go on vacation somewhere and they're like, I don't know if I'll like that place. Yeah. And so I think there's a myth about a service-based business because they look simple from the outside. Right. But it's not a simple business to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So lessons learned. Um, any major lessons that you have learned about yourself in this past year? Yeah. Um, I've built resilient resiliency muscles for mm. sure. Um, you know, when, when Chelsea joined the team, and I, I was thinking about this the other couple weeks ago, we did these assessments, which we do, right, to really understand, like, how are we going to work together? Because we're a small team, right? It's not like a big corporate environment where we can just avoid each other if yeah. we don't like working <laughs> together, right? I mean, it's like, we got to, like, we're, we're getting married here, yeah. right? We got to figure this out. And I remember a big part of your assessment was your resiliency, right? You, that you're, you just get knocked down. You're like, whatever, let's keep going. I don't have that. Or mm-hmm. I didn't have that as much as you do. And I remember reading your assessment and going, damn, I wish I had some of that. <laughs> because I'm I'm an emotional person. I get knocked down and I stay down there for a few days. It's like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't, right? And this last year has taught me, like, whatever. Like, we're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Like, figure it out. Keep moving. And, and so I think I've built a little bit of that. I don't think I'm as strong as others who naturally have it. Um, but I just... I don't have a fear anymore of like, where's our next client going to come from? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to be able to make payroll? Mm -hmm. Like that fear never comes into my head anymore. Right. And I think it's just, we knew our business results in the middle of a pandemic and the value we provided and the Mm -hmm. clients that, you know, the growth that we had in the middle of the chaos just showed me that we've built something right here. Right. Right. And there's still a lot we need to figure out. Yeah. And I think what in the resiliency building, it is a muscle. It is like doing bicep curls. You do it every day at the gym, your biceps are going to get bigger. Resiliency is exactly the same thing. And staying focused, and what my mindset is, is staying focused on the big picture. We talk about this with clients all the time. What's your purpose? What's your why? You know, and when you can refocus on that, it keeps you moving forward. It gets that perseverance and determination to keep moving forward even though you're in the face of adversity and that's not to say you can't get knocked down and have a bad day because oh, absolutely that's gonna happen but when you can change your mindset and keep focused on why am I doing this and, and for us it was really falling back to our core values mm-hmm. why why are we a business why do we exist that kept us moving forward it helped us make decisions yes. on things we were gonna do during the pandemic regularly right mm-hmm right yeah awesome so what makes you feel inspired? Seeing people change. How so? Seeing the light go on, seeing the growth. Um, and, and sometimes they can't see it themselves, whether it's a mm-hmm. coaching client, it's a leadership team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we just had this discussion yesterday with a client where I was like, I can't even believe what the different conversations some of your leaders are having. Yeah. Because of, and again, it's partly because of the conversation we're driving, but it's them choosing mm-hmm. to step forward. And so it makes me inspired because I'm an impact junkie. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm a business owner that, 
not that I don't care about revenue because anybody listening is like, whatever, because I do, because I have to pay bills and I, you know, like want to enjoy things, but it's more around like how much impact can we have here mm-hmm. than how much mm-hmm. revenue can we make? Yeah. And when impact comes, the revenue will come with it. Right. Yeah. But so for me, it's just, it's seeing that it's seeing people go, Oh my gosh, there's a better way. Or to get unstuck from something that's really been, you know, holding them back personally mm-hmm. in their career, in their lives. Um, that's what inspires me Yeah, is seeing that because I feel a small ripple effect of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I had a small part in it and that's my legacy is yeah. that, I mean, we should all want to positively impact people. Yeah. And the beauty of that answer is that one leader at a time is what make building one leader at a time is right. what builds the organization to get better and to be stronger right. and to get the results. And so it is the building blocks that get you there. It's right. not necessarily the end all be all results. And so I just I think that's such a great answer because it's it's one leader at a time and that's really our approach is Changing the hearts and minds of one leader at a time. And it's not a quick companies. fix. It's not. Right? There's no magic pill. That, you know, we talk about culture and we tell them two to three years and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, mm-hmm. What can we do in a quarter? You well, can start to yeah. move it, but you're not going to change it in a quarter, but you'll see the progress. So it's mm-hmm. like losing weight. Yeah. Right? If I lose a pound or two, I'm like, hey, all right, this is working. And so I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Right? But if I'm like, I'm not going to celebrate until I lose 20 pounds, mm-hmm. how do I stay motivated yeah. during that? Right? It's those small incremental changes that we all need to be focused on. Yeah. So then follow up to that, as, as leaders, you know, what does being human, what does that mean? Like, as, mm-hmm. a, as a leader, what does being a human being in this environment that we're in, what does that mean to you? It means being flawed. Perfectly imperfect is what being a human means. Mm-hmm. There is no one on this planet that has it all figured out. Right. And again, 2020 taught us that even as leaders, we don't have it figured out. Even as our leaders of our country don't have it figured out. And so we're naturally flawed. And and when we can look at that and say, I see it, and here's how I want to make it better, Mm -hmm. right? And I want to get better because all we can control is what we do. Yeah. With everything that's happened is be the change you want to see in the world. I mean, that's, it's, it's constantly something I think about is stop bitching about everything you don't like about the world and be the change you want to see. What are you doing as a human Mm -hmm. to get better? Not polarizing and saying you're not right, I'm right. It's what am I doing to shift my judgment, Mm -hmm. to shift my beliefs, which is a lot of the projects that we're working on right now is helping leaders just be able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, what can I do differently? Yeah. Not what someone else needs to do differently. So I think that's a big step is to be able to admit it. Um, being able to admit vulnerability and that servant leadership of like, uh, as a leader, I say it to Sophia on our team all the time. Uh, you're the smartest one in this space. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. we should do? I don't, I, I hire you to do things you're smart at, not things I'm smart at, mm-hmm. right? And so we, it's as a leader, we have to be okay with that. Yeah. And we can't see it as a threat to our success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that, again, back to being human, is you just got to be open with this is not my strength area, my zone of genius. Someone mm-hmm. else is better than I am at this. And taking the time to think through that, like what what am I good at? We talk about what are your superpowers, right? This is what this podcast is all about. So knowing what your superpowers are. And what they're not. Right. And then surrounding yourself with people that are going to complement your superpowers and your non-superpowers so that you can be more successful. Right. So I think that's awesome. 
So if someone were to show you a movie trailer of what your journey in this thing we called life would be like, would there be anything that you would have done differently? I would have taken risks sooner. I would have, and again, I say that and then I kind of go, well, but, sh- but maybe I wouldn't have. Like mm-hmm. it, it was probably meant to happen the way it was meant to happen. You know, part of my spiritual journey and meditation has just been that when I can tap into it, like there's a plan here, mm-hmm. right? There's something that we're all supposed to do, that yeah. the journey we're supposed to be on. And so trying to control that is, is something I've gotten better at is, is there, it's just like, let it have faith and let it happen. Yeah. Um, but I do wish I would have believed in myself and taken risks a little sooner because as an entrepreneur, it's scary. And, um, and I think most entrepreneurs, while well, some of them are crazy risk takers and some of us are, you know, more calculated right. risk takers. And I think I'm a little too calculated at times and I'm, I've gotten better on that. Um, but that's one thing, um, I would have gotten on my spiritual journey sooner. Mm. The peace, the comfort in my decisions, right? Having faith that mm-hmm. that it'll all get figured out and it'll work out and there's still going to be hard days even when we have it figured out. Um, and then I would lean more on people. I really just tried to fight the good fight yeah. by myself, you know, and didn't really reach out to mentors and I gave everything to everybody else, but mm-hmm. I didn't ask for anything in return. Yeah. And I wish I would have done that sooner because there's a lot of really smart people that would have loved on me, that would have given me advice, right, earlier. And there's the book called The Go-Giver. And the fifth law, there's five laws, and the fifth law is a law of receptivity. And it's the first four are about giving and adding value and all of these great things. But part of the process is receiving and being able to receive in return. And that's hard for me. That's the circle to connect Mm -hmm. all the dots. And I, and I said the same thing. That's the hardest law for me. Mm-hmm. Adding value and not wearing it. You know, like, I can do all of that, but receiving is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish I was, I still wish I was better at that, but I'm aware of it now. Right. Which is the first step. Right. So what's the biggest misconception that people have had about you? <laughs> that I've got it all together. Mm-hmm. That I have it all figured out. I Like, again, great branding, great social. It, it's like, we are figuring this out. Yeah. One step at a time. No, we're smart, right? I mean, it's not to say we're like, you know, we, we don't know what we're doing. It's more of like, right, we said a 10-year and a 3-year, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this would be awesome. Like, holy crap, we got a lot to figure out, right? Right. None of us have it figured out. And I yeah. said that before is I, I just think we're figuring it out as we go, and that's okay. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be because if we were too set in our ways and thought we had it all figured out, we're not going to see the off-ramp. We're not going to see the, you know, the door that opened that's like, whoa, that might be a different solution to get where we want to go. And, and so I just have started focusing on some of the signs yep. and the things happening around us more than just our plan. Right. And that's part of the entrepreneurial mindset, right? Is being able to shift and make adjustments based on what's going on around us. Right. Being present and listening to what our clients are saying and what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And when we start to hear consistent things happening in various companies, it's right. like, okay, there might be something we could help with here. There might be another value add that we could add right. in here. And so I think, especially in our environment, it's, it's, it's the best approach. Yep. Really. Absolutely. Um, so what is there, and, and I know there are, so I'm interested to hear what your answers are here, but what is a fear that's holding you back 
from really starting this next part of your journey? Yeah, the, the book is really the next big part of my journey. And the fear that held me back for three and a half years, I mean, this book has been there for so long. Um, and it's fear of putting myself out there. I think anybody, right? It's, the, mm-hmm. it's why I waited so long to start the podcast. And um, is society is very judgmental right now. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, um, I, I just, we can't be quiet anymore. I think there's a lot of leaders who have been quiet for a long time about a variety of topics. And I'm not going to get into political or racial, like, but there's like, that was my fear. And when I put the words down in the book, and I share a lot of personal stories in the book about mm-hmm. low moments that my kids have never heard. Yeah. Right? The people that know me really well have never heard. But again, my purpose is that if there's one person that's feeling that and they're in that low moment, if that helps them even the littlest bit, I'll never know, mm-hmm. but that's the purpose of it. And, and so I think as leaders, it's that vulnerability. We all have to just start sharing more openly about what our fears are, where we're stuck, um, and telling the real story, right? The, the reality reel instead of the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And, but it's scary at the same time because there's going to be people that judge me for my story right which is my story right <laughs> like so but at the same time I, I can choose to not let that noise in mm-hmm. right it's up to me on who I listen to right what I listen to um, so that's the only way I know how to get through the fear is to just walk towards it yeah so is that always your approach to handle fear is that you just walk toward it um, I, I've gotten better at it And, you know, what I really do is I look at it as a catalyst and I look at it as something that, what is it telling me? So the curiosity that I talked about earlier, I think when we get curious about our fear, we make it less, it's less impactful, Hmm. right? I talk about as you walk towards the fear that look like this mountain and you get closer and you're like, okay, I can just step over that. Yeah. But from a distance, it looks like a big deal. But the closer you get to it, like all of us, it's like you're like, oh, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. And so it's what are those things that I can take or I can do, whether it's reading an article, talking to somebody, you know, to Mm -hmm. to like reduce the fear, not to eliminate it. Because that's not the point. But it's telling you something about yourself when you're in that point. Right. Not something about the external world. We blame it on the external world, but it's really telling you something about something inside yourself. Yeah. And you mentioned talk to someone else. How good are you at reaching out to others when you're facing fear and, and utilizing I'm horrible. them? I'm horrible. I internalize it. <laughs> How do you right? get better I try at to that? Solve it. I by conversations like this. So mm-hmm. I'm a verbal processor. Right? I we talked about this earlier. I haven't slept in a couple nights. It's just nothing's wrong. It's just I have insomnia. I don't know. Well, something's wrong. I, you know, nothing that I can put my finger on. Um, but even just verbalizing and talking about this today mm-hmm. will help me process some of the junk that's happening in my head right now. Yeah. Right. So, um, I talk to myself too. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't probably admit that on a podcast, but I do because I have to because I'm a verbal processor and if yeah. there's not somebody there that really understands it but I mean I have gotten better at bringing it up to people but I think is that's definitely something I'm working on and yeah. trying to get better with it's hard you can help me there it's hard I don't know I'm not very good at reaching out and asking for help either so we might be a bad uh, duo with as far as that's concerned so what has been you've had you know a really great journey what has been the best part oh gosh best part well in the journey that's a big thing it's the journey of the business the journey of my life is it's always people you know it's relationships 
as I reflect on 2020 and all the good work we did and the pain we had and the uncertainty, it's, but what people it brought into our lives, Mm -hmm. right? And that's from a business standpoint, but I say into my life because these people are in our lives, whether it's clients, whether it's consultants, Mm -hmm. it's just connections. Um, I think in crisis and in, and when things are, you know, with what's going on, the silver lining to the last year has been, it's deepened our relationships with people, mm-hmm. with my kids, with our family, you know? And yeah. so that's probably the biggest thing for me because I, that fills my bucket. Yeah. Right. And I see the deeper connections than they ever would have. It, they were deep before, but not at the level that this has almost created a catalyst mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. to develop those deeper connections with each other. And we're seeing it in yeah. our business. Yeah. I mean, we have love for our clients. Like, and I don't mean that in like a marketing way, like deep love, care, concern, like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Nothing about business kind of thing. And I'm proud of that. And I I just, I think that's what we all need right now. Yeah. So yeah, more relationships, deeper, real, true relationships. You're not in it for something. You're in it just to be a friend and to be there and to support and to give. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know that something that you've dealt with and that others have dealt with is the imposter syndrome. Whether it's you're getting into a new role, you're doing something different, or just in your regular day-to-day life, you feel like you're being an imposter. Like you don't have all the answers. You don't know what you're doing, um, but you're pretending like you do. How do you, when you're jumping into new opportunities, like becoming an author, um, how do you overcome that imposter syndrome? I don't know if I have yet. I'll let you know when I figure it out. Um, this is like a weekly thing for me. And sometimes it's big and sometimes it's small. So again, I just want to be really honest with everybody that I deal with this on a regular basis. I deal with it in, God, am I, I suck as a mom, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fake. Like if anybody knew how much I sucked as a mom, like, right, they would be like, it's constant. It's personally mm-hmm. and professionally. Um, and I guess it, how you overcome it is you just do it anyway. You keep moving because if I look back and say, you know, or you do something different and then hope it produces a better result, but it's just not standing still. Mm-hmm. Nothing drives me more crazy than feeling like I'm standing still. Yeah. And when I feel that, whatever's causing it, whether it's imposter syndrome or some other fear, I have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's whether it's reading, talking, you know, listening to a podcast. It's, it's, I have to take an action and then it feels like it stirs me a little bit to move forward. But I think, it, well, imposter syndrome is just a fear. It's another form of fear yeah. that is something in your brain saying, you've never done this before, right? Or who are you to, I mean, the book is, who are you to write a book? Yeah. Well, why not me? Like who else? Everyone else can write one too. Right. Like, there's only, there's not just a certain number of us right. that can do it is... If I have something to say, then maybe it's the right thing to do. And it doesn't mean it has to be right for everybody. Um, So I think it's just focusing on what the fear is telling you and then doing it anyway. I mean, unless it's going to bring physical harm, Mm -hmm. right? And most of our fear, okay, the caveman days, fear was actually like, I'm going to get eaten. It's a little different these days. Right? It's a little different now. And unless it's going to cause physical, financial, you know, harm, Mm -hmm. do it anyway. Yeah. Learn from it. Yep. It might not go as you planned. Yeah. Um, but I think that imposter syndrome just, it comes from that. It comes from not knowing. And the other thing I've started doing is asking myself different questions. Hmm. 
Because if I ask the question, what's going to happen if I do this? Yeah. Or if I ask the question of how cool could this be? Mm-hmm. Or like, what do I need to know to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. Your brain is like a Google search engine. Yeah. It's going to find an answer to whatever you ask it. Yeah. So if I say, oh my God, how bad could it be if I take this chance? If I take that speaking gig in front of hundreds of people and screw up, how bad could it be? Mm-hmm. My brain's going to go find some evidence of how bad it could be. Yeah. If I say like, how much could this have an impact if I take this yes. and I do this speaking, my brain's going to go find that too. Yeah. It's knowing your why, knowing your purpose behind right. whatever it is that you're and going out to do. better questions mm-hmm. of yourself. Yeah. And not being, not feeling like you have to have it all figured out and you have to be perfect right. when you do it. Right. No one is perfect. No one's got it all figured out. So just taking that next step and moving toward it, learning about it, understanding it, talking it through, and just doing it. I think people would be surprised right. at the anxiousness that I get with a brand new client, right? When I'm going to meet with a leadership team and I'm going to facilitate an all day session with a brand new group of humans, Mm -hmm. I am anxious as hell. Because you have no idea what's going to happen in that room. (laughs) Right. I don't know the personalities yet. I don't know what's going to derail us. There could be a Mm -hmm. big hairy thing that's going on in their business that I don't know about and I can step on it, right? And it's a landmine that's going to, I I get anxious. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of that day, I'm like, killed it yeah like right (laughs) same thing with a new coaching client a one-on-one i don't know yet Mm -hmm. how it's gonna go right i'm not there to give them all the answers yeah i'm there to help facilitate it out of them and so as humans we just we don't know what the outcome's gonna be yeah but i think leaning on the like i've always figured it out before and i've always had an impact before so what's telling me i'm not it's again another question what's telling me i'm not gonna have one this time it's the same thing as resiliency it's building a muscle to do hard things to do things you've never done before and to work through that that fear yeah yeah absolutely this has been so fun (laughs) i like the other side of my yeah i'm sure you do i'm sure you do I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of Flip That Mic. Um, It's been really fun, and we hope that you've, you know, as always, learned something new, shifted your own perspective, thinking of things differently, that you'll maybe walk away and and face that fear, step toward it, deal with that imposter syndrome um, to move towards something scary, something new, or an opportunity that is out there waiting for you. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.